Welcome to the next stage of our Eurail adventure. We're travelling across Europe by train, telling you how to get there and what to do once you arrive. This is the travel pod that takes you there. Welcome to Travelcaster. Well, in the last episode, we travelled from Nice in France to Turin in Italy. It was Italy's first capital when the country was unified in 1861. And even today, as you can probably hear, it's a thriving centre of commerce, industry and, of course, tourism. Although wherever you go, you're also likely to come across quite a bit of construction work. Yeah, these old buildings don't look after themselves and be warned if you are staying in the city centre, they start work fairly early to avoid the midday heat. That means you may be woken up with a bit of a bang. Oi, some of us are trying to sleep in here. From the third floor of Le Petit Hotel, yes, it should be in France, not in Italy, that uh, construction work has already started, as you can probably hear down below. People are on their way to work, or indeed to catch an early coffee. And I've got a couple of hours to explore some of the local attractions. Now, of all the elegant arcades you can walk through in Turin, you could do a lot worse than to end up here at Galleria San Federico. It is a beautiful, beautiful construction of marble and glass. In the Art Deco style, you can stop off here for a coffee, shop in one of the more expensive stores, or go and watch a film in the cinema looks, which looks as if it should have come straight from the 1930s. Best of all, it's undercover and it's free. And just across the road from the Galleria is San Carlo Piazza. We were here last night when the whole place was lit up. But during the day, you can visit one of the twin churches at the centre of the piazza, Santa Cristina or Santa Carlo itself. Lovely, tranquil sounds from inside. Now, the altar here dates back to the mid-17th century, but the building that you see today was actually completed in 1834. St. Carlo was Charles Boromo, the Archbishop of Milan, from 1564 to 1584. It was a leading figure of the Counter-Reformation, combating against the Protestant Reformation, together with Ignatius of Loyola and Philip Neri, uh, Phil's got his own elegant church just down the street. And no, I definitely didn't read all of that off Wikipedia just now. And another cultural icon I was expecting to see more of here in Italy is strangely absent. I had been thinking of the Vespa scooter darting around the streets at uh, unimaginable speeds. Darting around the streets at breakneck speeds. But today, you're far more likely to see an electric scooter. They're really popular here. And you can rent one to get around as well. Prossima fermata, Arsenale. Fermata più vicina per la stazione Porta Nuova. Next stop, Arsenale. Best stop for Porta Nuova Station. 
It's another station and another piano player, this time in Torino Porta Nova. That uh, announcement on the tram means that my time in the city is over. Today we are travelling to Trieste in the far northeastern corner of Italy, right on the coast. Now the total journey time is going to be about six and a half hours. That's two and a quarter hours from here to Bologna Central on a high-speed train. And then we're going to be taking the slow regional train all the way over to Trieste. Taking it easy today. Now, if you're only travelling in Italy, it may well be worth you purchasing separate tickets rather than using the URL Pass because they're fairly cheap and the prices are pretty much standardised. However, for today's trip, my URL Pass is valid, although I have had to book a compulsory reservation on the high-speed train. That cost about €15, Euro, and uh, those reservations are mandatory for most of the Frecorosa trains. Those are the high-speed ones that travel across the country. Now, if time is on your side, you can do things slightly differently. In the URL app, just select the filter that says no reservations needed and the planner will plan out the route for you. Yes, it might take you longer, but on the other hand, you might explore some unexpected places. Well, the Frecchia Rossa train from Turin to here at Bologna was speedy enough and very comfortable too. You even get a free snack on board, which is fantastic if you're in first class. However, I should warn you, Bologna station is a little bit bigger than you might be expecting. It's taken me a good ten minutes to cross from where my train arrived to where the next one's departing to Trieste. And it was uh, a bit of a run up and down stairs and escalators. So do allow extra time if you can. When we were on board the Frecchia Rossa, it was like being in a glider. Now on the connecting intercity train to Trieste, it's like sitting in a twin-prop turbo. Listen to that. Yeah, this train isn't exactly young, but it has been refurbished. Despite the noise, it's quite comfortable on board. No Wi-Fi here, though. So when you get to Trieste Central Station, take a diagonal across the park and walk down one of the main roads, maybe Via Roma. This will take you to, inevitably, the Grand Canal. Not to be confused with its much grander cousin in Venice, this cute little inlet has lots of bars and restaurants around it for you to get your bearings and get started. But the further that you go into Trieste, the louder it gets. In fact, every street Every piazza, every open area seems to have a bit of a party vibe. Bira Faccio. Say it once and then say it again. Bira Faccio. Bira Faccio. And then remember the name and then come to Via della Pacia. It's one of the side streets in Trieste that houses this wonderful little microbrewery. All kinds of locally brewed 
goodies are on offer. A tripper, a pills, IPA, a saison, even a stout and an amber ale. If you like your micro-brubs and your micro-brews, you'll like Birovacia. Also, it's just across the road from the legal laundry that also sells cannabis products. It's that kind of a street, really. At the Piazza della Borsa is a landmark that reminds us just how important Trieste is in history. The building in front of me is today the Chamber of Commerce, but for many years it was the Stock Exchange, signifying just how critical this place was for trade. The massive port was one of the biggest in this part of Europe, and its strategic location made it a key place for many people over the centuries. In fact, Trieste wasn't part of modern-day Italy until 1924. Up until that point, for around about a century, it had been ruled by the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And that kind of cultural background is really important here, because when you go out to eat, you won't necessarily be savouring classic Italian fare as you know it. There'll be much more, well, meat. A Germanic style, if you will. Hearty dishes fit for kings. And actually, once you've stopped staring at the Borsa, do a 360 and you'll see a sign proclaiming Welcome to the free territory of Trieste. USA and UK come back, it says. A reminder that this place was once fiercely independent of the rest of Italy and much of Europe. This is Travelcaster, the travel pod that takes you there. Today we're in Trieste in Italy, and if you'd like some more inspiration of how to get here and what to do when you arrive, head to travelcaster.blog. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite platform. So 24 hours to explore Trieste and recommendations come thick and fast to Travelcaster. Alex has suggested that I go to Miramare Castle. It's a few miles outside of town and to get there I'm going to have to go on a bus. Now the system in Trieste is fairly complex. There are loads of buses going to all kinds of places. But if you check out, well, any good mapping app, it'll guide you to the right one. The number six bus goes from Trieste Central uh, to Miramare. It's going to take me, I think, about 30 minutes or so. As ever, buy your ticket before travelling. The tobacconist is your friend here. He or she will sell you a 24-hour ticket for just under €4. Euro. They're famous in this part of the world for their fish, and that bus ride was like being in a tin of sardines. Hordes of people got on, and really there was barely room to move, let alone even breathe. Uh, but we are here near Miramare Castle. Well, sort of, because we should have got off at the last but one stop, but it was impossible to actually exit the bus because it was so uh, full. Never mind, because it means we've actually arrived in the pretty little village of Grignano, uh, just beyond the castle itself. It's got a couple of restaurants and a harbour full of the most beautiful little boats. I'd say none of these are catching fish, though. They're mainly here for pleasure. 
inevitably the right stop for the castle was the last but one on the bus route and as we headed down a very steep hill I got this impression that we were going to have to walk all the way back up it and yes yes we do but it's a cool day a little bit cloudy not too warm and good to stretch the legs after that crowded bus journey. One of the best things about independent travel is when things go slightly wrong, they can throw up the best of surprises. Getting off the bus at the wrong stop and that uphill walk actually meant that we went through the formal gardens of Miramar, which are absolutely stunning, set on a cliff overlooking the sea. They are set out in a very formal style. Loads of people taking selfies wanted to lovers as well. Now, Miramar Castle and its park were built by order of Ferdinand Maximilian of the House of Habsburg Lorraine. He would later go on to become the chief of the Imperial Navy. And the story goes that he set off for a voyage to the Near East from here in Trieste, got caught in a storm, and it was at that point he decided that just there on those rocks, that's where I want to build my house. So he did. And here it is, his grand home, right on the top of the cliff, overlooking Trieste and the Gulf of Trieste itself. It's a beautiful sight. Now, it's going to cost you about €13 Euro to get in, but here's a tip. The grounds are free to walk around as you please, so you could have a really good cheap day out here. On wet days like today, the mood is what you make it. At Grignano Harbour, the Principe de Metternich restaurant welcomes everybody. It's a fairly informal place overlooking the harbour itself. And there's a real mix of customers. Just next on the table, uh, next to me, is a young man in oilskins. Looks like he's ready to go on a boat. He's got Wellington boots, the whole lot. His friend has got a waterproof jacket, but he's wearing jeans. He really ought to dress for the day. And then there are the sodden tourists coming down from Miramare Castle for a snack or perhaps a spot of lunch. Either way, it's a genial spot and it's another travel caster recommendation. And it's another hidden place that you won't necessarily find on the tourist maps. Well, in the past, trade in Trieste may have been all about the goods, but today it's about the people. Behind me in the harbour is an enormous cruise ship. I can't even begin to start counting the number of cabins on board, but there must be a couple of thousand people on board this huge ship. And, of course, it's an important part of Trieste's tourist industry to have visitors coming in this way. Well, the sound of the street accordion player at Bar Buffet Borsa marks the end of my journey in Trieste. But it's not the end of the whole voyage, because tomorrow we're going to be heading from Italy to Austria. This is Travelcaster, and for more details of how to get here and what to do when you arrive, check out Travelcaster.blog. And join us again for another episode of Travelcaster soon, the travel pod that takes you there.